It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Orange and blue sunset in mile high here in Broncos country. Let's get ready to ride. Russ and the rest are gonna light up the sky. Broncos podcast uh, presented oh. by nobody, which uh, oh my gosh, I don't know. You know what we should do? Yeah, tell we, me. We should just say like until we do have a presenting sponsor, we should just say like if anybody wants to present it, like uh, Cody, Cody in the chat, ten bucks a month presenting podcasts or presenting sponsor the podcast. Right, Cody could be the presenting sponsor. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. See, um, that's a, that's my good business brain over here. Yep, extra oh. ten bucks a month. An elite business brain. If we were um. You know, watching a lot of the MLB draft yesterday. <laughs> we were not. <laughs> they grayed out the traits. That's just how they do it. Like oh, a, yeah. 30 uh, to a batter 80? just has five tools, and they grade that on a 20-80 scale. Which is just crazy. 20 is butt, as the kids say, and 80 is elite. It just seems like a waste of numbers. If, if that's the range you want, why not just do zero to 60? It's kind of rando, but I think um, in some of these gatekeepy communities, they like rando metrics. It just yeah. makes it a little harder it's true. for outsiders to understand that or is learn true. or adapt. Huh? That's exactly what it is. Huh? Because then everybody's like, wait, why does this only mean this? It's, I feel like they do that a lot in baseball. Just yeah, make things more confusing than it has to be oh, when it's yeah. really just a simple game. Oh, yes, sirree, Bob. It's nice that it's all just math, too. Yep, yep. Like, you can just forward. go look at, like, three numbers for each guy and just be like, oh, he's good, he's bad, he's good, he's bad. With football, you can't do that. No, it's not just production on an every single at-bat or play can be measured. That's weird. So true. I don't know. I'm going to stick to not watching much baseball, though. Hey. You know the Rockies on pace for 60 and a half wins right now? I need 66. Oof. (laughs) Yeah. The number of the beast indeed. Yeah. So uh, they're terrible. Um, You know who's not terrible? The Broncos. Let's go. They were pretty bad last year, but they were not terrible. Um, Not like the Rockies, at least. Although, wait, 60 out of 162 or 5 out of 17. 5 out of 17 might be worse. It's not awesome. It's definitely not awesome. Um, Javante Williams is awesome, though. And we got, like... 
I know it's an update. It's exciting to hear him say, I think I'm back week yeah, one. Yeah, I choose to be excited. We kind of knew that, though. Mm. Like, he was kind of confirming all the optimism stuff. And then, you know, when you hedge with, it's up to the team to decide. It's like, okay. There's like, after seeing him all camp, after hearing everybody talk about him all camp, I've been saying for months that I think he's back for week one. Like, he's going to be on the field for week one. So this doesn't really change much, but I love it, that. it was more so an opportunity for him to say, uh, you know, we're just hoping to be back at some point in the season and get everybody's hopes down. Like, that didn't happen, which is kind of the news to me. So if you're giving, like, fantasy advice to your dad. Mm, yes. Who's getting more touches in the Broncos' backfield this season? Wow. Javante, Samaje, or the field? Javante. It's definitely Javante. That's a what are you're RK's back tomorrow, right? I yep. I'm not on the schedule okay. for tomorrow's Broncos. Okay. Yeah. So it's me and RK. At some point we need to do the running back show. I guess I could do that with RK too. Totally. That'd be fun. I think we'll get into some running backs today, maybe, huh? Yeah. Oh, well there's, teaser. There's one in particular. Yep. We yep. talked straight ball on the last show, and yeah. I I watched tape to prep for this show. I'm yeah. excited. Oh maybe. yeah. I also, went back shout through. out to Numbies, as Cody says. I just went through and like clipped all the things I've written about all the different UDFAs just yeah. so I could have everything I've ever because you kind of forget a couple things Love when you that. go through, you know, but then you read back. And it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like uh, Henry Bird, he's a tap dancer. Oh, it's like I forgot man, that I've written that down. No That's, way. We love that for a, such a big guy. No. I know. So, uh, yeah, we're getting into all the undrafted free agents later. Um yeah. Any Henry other thoughts Bird, on Javante? Interior offensive lineman from Princeton. Princeton. For those who don't know. Famous, famous offensive line powerhouse. Princeton. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where is Princeton in the United States? Do you know? New Jersey? I don't. We'll take it. We'll take it. Chat okay. if you know. Correct us. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't even apply to that one. Nope. Didn't bother <laughs> myself. It is New Jersey. Is it called Princeton, New Jersey? It is. Colleges love to do Dude. that. <laughs> You know ball so good. Well yeah. done, Henry. Well done. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't have many more thoughts on Javante other than it's good to hear him say what we were kind of thinking was going to happen. Yeah. It's great that he seemingly is on pace, that he's not like pulling the reins back on that at all. Obviously, I think he's kind of like of all the pieces to build this offense around and project for the future. He's like on my short list. He's a top two yeah. or three as I'm projecting. Two so, years left on the contract. Yeah. The healthier Javante can be, the sooner he can be, the better for all, I would say. Yeah, I think that's true. That's, I don't know. I, I, I feel like as soon as this contract is over, everybody's going to be saying, no, you got to bring back Javante. And it's like, well, wait. Didn't everybody say all offseason, like, no no giving money to running backs? We don't do that. So, um, I don't know. I know I'm getting a little bit ahead of that, but... It hasn't even happened yet, and you're already mad. It's, I, we'll you, it's going to happen. It's going to be, don't pay the running back unless it's, unless it's my running back. What's exciting about the Sean Payton-Javante Williams pairing is how could Javante be used more in the True. passing game? A guy like that with his, uh, you know, just ferocity taking yep. on tacklers get him in space more where he can just plow through back seven guys mm -hmm. um and i mean like let's face it a, a guy who's you know longevity and facing injuries it's is true. already a question for him 
being utilized more in the passing game, huge part of kind of prolonging someone's career, mm-hmm. opening up a window of utility that isn't just running between the tackles, which, of course, leads to a ton of wear and tear, tread on the tires, yep. all the football uh, euphemisms I can think of. Um, so, yeah, that's where I think I'm excited to see Javante get a full season in this offense with these play callers. Yeah. And, I mean, he had 11 catches week one last year. That was You know exciting. he can do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's just jump into some of these undrafted free agents. Wow. Let's um, do it. I think later on we'll maybe talk about who has the best chance of making the roster. And no, let's, let's just do as we go through because that'll be easy. We can kind of go position by position. Let's just start with the offense. Um, yes, sir. We'll start with the big one, Julio McLaughlin, the NCAA's all-time leading rusher. 3,200 yards from scrimmage in his last two years Yes, at Youngstown State. So he started... Uh, at th- Notre Dame uh, College? Yeah. Just start, I think that's it. Started D2, went to Youngstown State, uh, FCS. FCS. High-end FCS. Yes, high-end Jim FCS. Jim Trestle's been there, Bo Pelini. Like, yep. Um, they've had some, you know... the Youngstown State's one of those FCS teams I've studied on tape. Because there's always some guy who got a senior bowl invite, East West Shrine, mm-hmm. guy who's in the mix to be drafted day three. They're they're one of those FCS football factories for sure. Definitely. Um, ooh, I believe nobody really cares. I'm pretty sure. <coughs> Never mind. I'm not. I'm not gonna guess. Yes, I am. I'm pretty sure Montana beat them on the way to their first championship. Whether you're but right or wrong about that, it is a truly unimportant fact to what we are doing that is, on this okay. year podcast. That is true. I would mention before we go too much further in the scouting report, he's 5'8", 194 running back. Look at that beautiful little image Yaya has on the yep. lower third for, him, for us. That is him. He was him in the yeah. FCS these last two years. He was. Two-time FCS All-American. Again, NCAA's all-time leading rusher. So D3, D2, D1, whatever. His combination of That's nuts. numbers. Like, nobody has ever done that as mm-hmm. a running back in the history of college football, which is pretty crazy. Yep. Um, so production's there. I think... At that size, winning because he's a track star. Yes, absolutely. Um, I do think that the reason he didn't get drafted, obviously the size, and he is very fast trying to pull up the 40 time but is 4. he 4.4 is what i've seen okay which isn't like crazy nfl fast that's, that's just exactly the speed right. you expect from a speed back yes so correct um some work to do but he's explosive like i mm-hmm. tweeted out from the broncos account this morning the clip of him where he just uh yeah. it's like a 20 yard run just sneaks up the middle right by everybody untouched until he gets to the goal line just jumps over the defender yep um that's what really stands out to him is the speed as you're saying is good Mm -hmm. when you watch the tape and you're trying to watch it with the lens of okay i'm studying yep an fcs guy who's undersized so what are those traits that are gonna Mm -hmm. make up for and convince me i always kind of match up a guy like this to an austin eckler right like Mm -hmm. i was evaluating eckler at the d2 level what stood out to me that was like he's so dominant at this level that he'll still be able to like win the first thing that stands out about him 
is he just gets to top speed like that. Yep. Like, I swear, like, two steps in, and it's like, boom. He's off to the races, top speed. Um, and, I mean, a guy like that, he is very dynamic in space. Mm-hmm. Give him a one-on-one in space, which is, again, where having this coaching staff kind of being able to shepherd him into those positions is really exciting. Um, totally. He's going to make a lot of guys miss. Yep. And he's got good vision. He's got good creativity as a runner, right? Um, 194 pounds. Like, you'll probably hear some Deuce Vaughn comps. That's way bigger than a guy like Deuce Vaughn. Way bigger. 194 can play in the NFL. And to me, height is never much of a thing I look at for running backs. Like, I think height's kind of an advantage sometimes. And we've seen definitely shorter backs be just fine. It's weight that's more of the... Mm-hmm. I do. The game also changes a little bit FCS to NFL when it mm-hmm. comes to reading holes. It's a lot of RPO off the gun, and yep. he will not get that. Definitely not. Yeah. And so when you got all the big bodies in front of you, it just looks different, especially for a smaller back trying to find the space. The vision is something that I'm curious to see how it translates, just yeah. because everything will develop so much more quickly, and you got to mm-hmm. be through the hole so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you could make the case that he has the best chance of making the Broncos roster of any undrafted free agent. Return game is going to be important. I really like that he's already showing some nice polish as a receiver, both out the backfield. And I've seen tape where Youngstown States just going five wide and have them have him out wide, you know, and like he's not just like run and go routes. Like he's actually turning on a dime and making, you know, catches towards the sideline and stuff like that. Um, what I've seen, like obviously diminutive size, so he's not going to be a huge factor, but willing blocker, mm-hmm. a guy who can like get in there and, you know, disrupt the timing of a blitz. That's mostly what you're looking for. Um, what you said about, you know, how he's used and the runs he's used in is going to be far different. Yep. Um, you know, out the, like running out the eye, Guy with that kind of acceleration and vision could be really intriguing. With but that he's offensive do line, it. yeah. Because um, right now it's a lot of outside zone off RPO stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's a big adjustment there. Seeing him as a returner is going to be huge. I'm just concerned, like, you just don't see him break a ton of tackles. Guys Fair. like Phil Lindsay, Austin Eckler, also in the 190s. Yep. I saw a lot more tackle breaking, a lot more contact balance. So he feels like a true scat back, right? Scat back, special teamer. Um, Yeah, more of a, you know, instead of a true running back, he's almost like a Braxton Berrios, your returner, slot option, guy you can use on jet sweeps, stuff like that. But um, the talent's intriguing, the production's intriguing, the tape's fun. Guy you will be rooting for just naturally, you know? Definitely. And you look through the rest of the running backs, Assuming Javante is healthy to start the year, because mm-hmm. the other option was he could start on the PUP list, but that keeps him out for six weeks. Yeah. And I think that based on what we've heard, keeping him out six weeks, probably not that much. Um, so, right. If anything that you can read from this latest quote report, it's that he's probably not starting the season on the pup. He's starting the season on the roster. Yep, definitely. Um, so Javante and Samaje, they're on the roster. But yeah. after that, 
there's going to be at least one more running back who makes the the team. And if Javante does take another week, then you'd probably expect at least two of those guys. Um, And so those options would be Tony Jones Jr., Mm -hmm. who's been in the league for a few years, um, hasn't been overly productive, hasn't been overly efficient, but at least has some touches and has worked with uh, Sean Payton before. You've got Tyler Beatty, who was the fifth-round pick for the Ravens last year, who got cut during the season, and the Broncos picked him up. Out of Mizzou, that Ravens running back room as they have... Kenyon Drake and yep. J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill and like <coughs> they just had a ton of guys. So yep. And so if you're gonna sign with the team's practice squad after being cut, why not go to the Broncos where uh, <laughs> they did not have that issue last year? Um, so he got two touches last year. One was like the 29 yard touchdown catch. Um, he's an option, and then Jewel McLaughlin, the other option. And I I think it's Beatty or McLaughlin who takes that third spot um if if they keep another i wouldn't be surprised if it's jones just because he's been around what's interesting is they're all a type definitely Beatty, tony jones mclaughlin mclaughlin probably most of that type but these are all smaller Mm -hmm. backs with some juice to them and uh you know some potential in the running game yep and they'll keep michael burton too as a fullback which sometimes changes the equation it does i wanted to mention that you think he's set and forget he is very set and forget. There's no like H back options that could sneak in no. and supplant them where you talk yourself into like, no, I can use this guy on special teams and the tight end room and the fullback room. Somebody, no? I can't remember who it was. Somebody tweeted out a video of Michael Burton when he was a saint. Um, and it's him like doing that uh, H back. They call it their F back. Um, oh, <laughs> it was John Heath who tweeted it out. Um, but he, uh, That's the it's him just like pulling in motion to lead like a Taysom Hill keeper that went for almost a touchdown. Yeah. And when you just have a guy who's used to doing that sort of thing in this system and is established, like he's been in the league for forever. Like there's only so many real fullbacks in the NFL yep. and he does all these other things. I, I will actually get there in a minute when we talk about Nate Adkins, um, which probably won't take quite as long, but, uh, Burton's Burton's locked in. Why don't we just hit Nate Adkins right now? We kind of touched on him on Friday. Yeah. Um, 6'3", 252. He isn't an athlete. They they list him as a tight end. He's, again, that H-back, F-back. Um, yep. Actually, Sean Payton mentioned that as well um, at some point during minicamp. I don't remember exactly when that was. Um, but, like, maybe he's the practice squad guy behind Burton. Yeah, Maybe develop him, be. cheap option in the future. It's going to be hard for him to break into that tight end room for yeah. sure. Um, Especially being the kind of player he is. Like you've already got Dulcich, you've already got Troutman, yeah. Tommy Hudson's in there too now. I mean, he's a guy who wore 44 in college and will probably wear, I, I see him listed as 45 on the Broncos mm. roster, already rocking that fullback mm-hmm. number. Um, an interesting guy because he enters... His, the book on him, and he's just a shade under 6'3", 252, as Hank was saying, mm-hmm. <coughs> was that he's like an inline tight end for the Gamecocks. And um, towards the end of the season, he kind of came along as a receiver, had a nice game against Notre Dame, Yep, had a spectacular one-handed catch against Clemson. Yep, South Carolina and that offense with like Spencer Rattler and those guys kind of came along and had some major upsets at the end of the season. 
including those two I just mentioned, including beating Tennessee as well, who was uh, one of the top stories of the year. He ran a 4.74 at his um, pro day. And so, you know, like he's known as more of a blocker, but I think there's more intrigue Mm -hmm. with what he does as a pass catcher. His hands seem decent. And he's intriguing ball in his hands, like uh, Mm -hmm. as a runner at 250 pounds. That's why I think he'd kind of be fun as a fullback. He's just not big enough to be like an inline tight end at the NFL level. Um, He's more like a compact blocker, not like linear and Mm -hmm. length and strength. He just limits what you do with him on the field. Because even (laughs) that one-handed catch, like you think, like it was the OBJ type of one-handed catch, Mm -hmm. but he didn't like, he didn't get off the ground. Like it's more of like a falling backward, just like grab it. He's falling forward but get, to get like, it for sure. The hands are there. Um, it's kind of crazy. Like I was, I was in love with Hunter Lepke, the fullback from North Dakota State during the draft. Oof. Because um, he has some of those same things. Oh yeah. Where he yeah. just makes some crazy catches on sideline. But then you go back and He's look, awesome. and like um, the Broncos had Andrew Beck as their fullback last year. Yeah. Also, week one, he had a one-handed catch on the sideline. Like in the NFL. Just about everybody who's there can do that kind of stuff. And Nate Atkins, he checks that box. So if you want him to be a weapon fullback, he'll give you some exciting plays from that spot, which is, I don't know, it's exciting to see that. Put on the Nate Atkins uh, highlight reel. One of the plays that is featured is a forced fumble on a punt return against Clemson. Same game, yeah. That's where he's really going to make his um, yep. money in the NFL. And look, man, I mean, the inline stuff didn't quite work out to to make a name for himself. He's going to have to show some like blocking and space chops, yep. being able to get downhill and beat some dudes up at the second level. We kind of haven't seen that. That's what's going to make or break his ability to make this roster. Fun, though. Fun eval. Yeah. And... I mean, w- with Michael Burton there, I do think that Nate Adkins, if he can just get a practice squad spot, that is a great result for him. I think it's worth saying last year, more than half of all of the undrafted free agents who signed with an NFL team were either on the active roster or on the practice squad week one. And then, dude, it feels like those top guys from the practice squad are seeing the field by November, December. Exactly. And the rule changed this year so that each player can or no that was last year that they changed it so each player on the practice squad can appear in three or four games i think the change this year is that you can use more per game so 50 percent of guys sticking around a lot of guys on the practice squad wind up being on the field at some point um either year one or later on this year even more likely so these are names that you're probably going to keep hearing um but yeah i Tight end wise, Dulcich is on the team. Manhurts is on the team. Troutman is probably on the team. Alberto is probably on the team. Even Tommy Hudson, who they brought in, he, he could serve a role. Maybe he's more injury insurance if they really need a blocking uh-huh. tight end. But those guys start camp all ahead of Atkins. Pretty easily, too. Yeah. And that's where like maybe something crazy happens, like the Broncos trade Alberto. Like mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. says, like they, yep. it's obviously yep. why the Broncos would do it, but yep. That's a scenario, uh, you know, an injury to Michael Burton would change the equation Definitely. a little bit. Definitely. Um, Cause you don't have much tight end insurance. That's what I think Adkins ultimately is. I mean, so f- fullback insurance mm-hmm. is fullback insurance. And that is, is worth noting. 
And I kind of threw it away because I was like, you don't use Greg Dulcich in that role. But Sean Payton did say, like, our F-back, Greg Dulcich can do that. He talked a lot mm-hmm. about the Joker position. And that's kind of what everybody took away. But a lot of that is, in every other offense, basically you call it the H-back. But they think that they can move Dulcich around. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe, maybe he's better taking on kind of blitzers getting through or helping out in, in protection, getting to use his athleticism more right. as a blocker instead of just right. standing there at the line and getting yep. pushed back. Yep. Um, just because he isn't much of a blocker, you think putting him in what amounts to sort of a fullback role yeah. is a bad idea. But Well, and it's with him in the backfield, the we talked about so much on the last show, you don't want guys who the second they line up, yep. you've already given the defense a huge tell. Yep. Greg Dulcich in the backfield doesn't do that. Yep. The last thing you're thinking is, oh, he's going to stay home and be an extra blocker <laughs> in the backfield, right? <laughs> yeah. You're imagining he's doing all other things. Mm-hmm. So that's where he's intriguing. Nate Adkins in the backfield, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, for the most, I, I bet he's just blocking. There. Yep. Yep, definitely. And honestly, you, you could say that about Dulcich. You could say even more about Troutman and Albert O, who I always thought had some HVAC. Huh versatility to their game you know interesting yeah um let's see so we've hit two of these undrafted free agents kind of the two faves but wow we're big trench guys too oh yes that's maybe my faves yeah it looks like there's about 12 11 total i think left on the team so i guess we're actually not on bad pace at all but before we get on to uh some more of these guys here i want to tell you about pins and aces boom that is the official golf apparel brand of all city Damn straight. Look at that lower third. Look at that hat. Look at that Broncos mm-hmm. hat. A beauty. Look at the head covers over there. Yeah. You should see um the Joker yeah. hats that they have. They they have some cool stuff, man. Oh, I love the Joker. Got a little 420 edition. Oh, I bet they, they do. Have pins and aces. They've got quite the variety. They have, yeah. If you want president. They are the cool guys. If you want president's head on your golf club. They have you They've covered. got a lot of presidents. Yep. Yep. Which again, not something that I would have ever thought of. Um, like I said, but you the official golf apparel brand of All City. Yeah. They've got all sorts of different golf shirts and pants and shorts and different just random gear that. Hell I don't yeah. know. They're a fun company. So they're like they when are. you when you're going golfing, it's like, what do I need? I need my glove. I need my balls. Like maybe I need a rangefinder. But you don't even think of things like their massive like beer stick where you load all the beers in. Yep. So they yeah. have like all the fun accessories that yeah. might make your round of golf more. Well, definitely make your round of golf more fun. Um, so definitely go over to pinsandaces.com. Use the code DMVR. You'll receive 15% off your first order. You'll also get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Also, Volo Sports. Um, Boom. I've actually got some friends who play Volo Sports. Yeah. Um, and they love it. And it's nice to be able to say, yeah, guess what? We get to do Volo things for free because uh, they're a partner of ours. Um, Volo's been really awesome. I know Ryan says the kickball league. Uh huh. It's like you get two points, one point for winning the kickball game yeah. against whoever you're playing, and then you get one point for winning the flip cup game against your opponent when they come to the DMVR bar after. Whoa. And that's how the standings work. So there's stuff like that. It's beer in hand, kickball, or drink in hand. I think... Probably for legal purposes. Um, yeah. Probably. Kind of hand sounds right. But yeah, so then you've got like the volleyball leagues that maybe don't involve quite so much of the beer. You've also got things that 
include more beer like cornhole or uh, just the straight up drinking games. So they've got all sorts yep. of different sports. They yep. also have a, the Volo Kids Foundation. So that's Woo. a 501c3 that provides free sports camps to kids in each Volo city. So a portion of what you pay goes to that to help kids too. So that's an even better reason to, yep, to sign up. Awesome. Um, for $20 per month, you can get unlimited pickups, drop-ins, and tournaments. Um, there's like events, there's social activities every single night. And so it's kind of a cool membership program. You can also sign up for teams. Um, it's also $200 per year if you don't want to pay the 20 bucks a month, better value, <coughs> save 40 bucks. Um, but they've yeah. got leagues yeah. in all different sports everywhere across uh, the Denver metro area, Arvada, oh, Aurora, yeah. Cherry Creek, Sloan's Lake, City Park, Inglewood. Um, summer rest registration actually closes this Thursday. So if you want to sign up for a team or even just sign up for as a free agent and they'll put you on a team if you don't have enough people to actually get your whole team, um, you can do that too. So sign up now before it's too late. Uh, once again, you have to sign up by Thursday and if you use the code DNVR10, you'll get $10 off at www. I don't need to say that part. They know that part. Uh, just volosports.com slash Denver. volosports.com slash Denver um, and use the code DNVR10 for $10 off. Even your browser knows. Like, if you just omit the www, yeah. your browser knows that's what you mean. This, I'm, I'm sure it was Caitlin who uh, wrote this ad copy. Include the to www. Shouts to her. Yeah. Just to be clear. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, we've got a bunch more of these guys. Mm. Yeah, it's only 1030, so we're doing great. Um, <laughs> we're doing right. really great. None we, of, none of the, I'm not doing the arguing about how long the show is again, okay? Yeah, it's two hours. Um, Taylor Grimes. So Taylor Grimes from Incarnate Word, which we yeah, love. Yeah. For a wide receiver, yeah. there aren't a lot of offenses you'd like to see more. Like that just spread offense, fling it around. And uh, he's just been the lead guy for a while. Um, over the past two seasons, 2,400 receiving yards, 30 touchdowns. Yeah. So that's 1,215 touchdowns per season. That's just insane. It's not bad. Um, he's a true slot receiver, 5'11", 188. Um, yeah. They've got a few of those that they've added to the mix. Yeah, it's definitely um, interesting. Obviously, 5'11", 188 doesn't have like insane athletic traits. Mm -hmm. He's just very polished. Um, and, and that, to me, is exciting. He also has really good hands. I think there's a couple catches that you see where it, it kind of blows your mind. Decent with the ball in his hands after the catch yep. also, um, especially against uh, the competition that they play. Um, yeah, yeah, you kind I think of that's, should hope, hope so. Yeah. Yeah, good like Montreal Washington, Kendall Hinton competition. Yep, exactly. Kind of is that fifth wide receiver, potential returner type deal. Yeah. Um, you like him better than the Jackson State kid? Uh, they cut him. There you go. And I really liked both of them. Mm -hmm. Those are two. Dallas Daniels was the guy because he's yep. he has yep. he's like the toolsy guy. Yeah, he was toolsy. Grimes was productive, and that's why Grimes had probably a better chance to be on the team this year. But long term, the upside Dallas Daniels, just like freaky athlete, that was exciting. But apparently, things did not go well early on because he's not on the team anymore. Right, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Broncos obviously really deep at receiver. You've got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Marvin Mims. So that's four guys who are locked into jobs. Yeah. KJ Hamler, I think if healthy, is 
in my opinion, probably locked into a job. Yeah. Um, Brandon Johnson is another guy who I think is probably at the top of the list of the remaining guys. Kendall Hinton right there with him. Marcus Calloway. All of a sudden, that's eight names, and so breaking through is going to be tough. But I think the path for Taylor Grimes is you got to go through the other slot receivers. So you got to beat out Montreal Washington, and you've got to beat out Kendall Hinton. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do both of those things, you're not making the team out of camp. Straight up. Or you need to be amazing on special teams, and guys True. like Marvin Mims already have a leg up on you. Definitely. I do think... I, I think he'll get his chance as a returner. Yeah. I think as a punt returner, he'll definitely get his chance. Um, and I guess that is kind of the How much should I read side. into there were only two returners in this draft? And that was Mims, yeah. Tank Dell and Marvin Mims. Yeah, that's something you should probably read into. That's what Sean yeah. Payton said. There are two returners in this draft. Right. Um, so no mention of the two undrafted kids they signed. No, no. they weren't in the... Well, they were in the draft. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's Taylor Grimes. Again, just crazy production. 2,400 yards, 30 touchdowns over the past two seasons. Yep. That's insane. Yeah. Um, let's see. We'll hit the offensive lineman. So my favorite, Alex Palchowski. 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 Damn it. That's what I was going to say. I studied up months ago, but then uh, I forgot. Shame um, on you. He was a starting guard at Illinois in 2017. That's actually a common thread with a lot of these guys who like started their careers in 2017. It's crazy. And that was their five years of eligibility while skipping 2020 type deal. It's insane. Yeah. And he actually really struggled in 2017, but you know, he was a freshman in the big 10. That's what happens. Yeah. Um, he's played mostly at right tackle. Uh, I think he wound up playing left tackle last season. Right. Tackle. Yes. Uh, I haven't left tackle last season. I might have screwed that up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. mostly right tackle. I think left tackle last season. Six years as a starter. Yep. Um missed th- a little time with an injury. I believe the only two time captain in Illinois or one of huh. only two two captains in Illinois history to be the captain for two different bowl teams. Interesting. Which tells you how much Illinois football has struggled and what a unique <laughs> distinction this kid has. Definitely. Um, like he was one of those leaders of one of the best Illini teams of all time, mm-hmm. no doubt about that. And uh, he was an All-American last year, I think third team, but All-American nonetheless. Um, didn't give up a single sack in 2022, not one sack. That's from Pro Football Focus's uh, counting. Yeah, um, I'd have to show him the Minnesota tape I watched yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> so why didn't he get drafted? Um, yeah, and I think the testing numbers weren't even that terrible at his pro day, like pretty average. Mm-hmm. But he's 6'6", 303. So my hardest thing with Pachesny, Pachesky, sorry, yep. is that uh, at 6'6", 303 linear frame, he looks like a tackle. He can move uh, pretty well. Doesn't have great length, 33 and 3 eighth arms, um, which does hurt him. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of when guys go around him, when guys go through him, he's not the strongest or most uh, efficient kind of blocking in space. Frankly, is he's a uh, he's really a guard in the body of a tackle. Like huh. I don't, as a guy who's not great blocking in space, well, I don't love him as my left guard. Yeah. 
he la- he lacks that linear frame. He lacks a little width. Don't mm-hmm. love that for my right guard, where I want more of a mauler, more of a Quinn Miners, yep. you know, violent hips. He's a little long, doesn't play with the most natural leverage. You need to see him use that length, get on top of guys, and kind of use those hips to, like, bury dudes who he can get on top of instead of worrying about the leverage battle. So he's he's got a lot of experience. I don't see a natural position for him at the next level, and I think that's probably what hurt him most. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's all fair. Um, the, another tackle that they signed at a USF Demontre Jacobs. Um, he's very different. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's the more physical type player. Six, six, three fifteen is why I have him at, um, it, the testing numbers weren't great, but when you look at him, he's just like a massive man. He looks like a big ball of clay that you can potentially mold yep. into, uh, a, a, a starter. So he, he played, um, right tackle initially flipped, uh, to left tackle, at the end of his career at USF. So he, I think he started two seasons, one and a half seasons, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, so a lot of the numbers don't love him when you just look at like per snap sorts of results. Yeah. Uh, but he did only give up three sacks over the last two seasons, which is at least a solid baseline. There's mm-hmm. something to work with there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's the kind of guys you want to add to your practice squad that you can develop and, you know, have some tools that you actually can believe in and build on. Yep. Um, And then in terms of a tackle making the roster, you've got Garrett Bowles, you've got Mike McGlinch, you've got Cam Fleming. Those are your top three. Like there's there isn't even much competition. Christian DeLauro has been like he's like 28. He's just been on NFL practice squads his entire career. He's like your emergency tackle. Um, Quinn Bailey, I'm not sure if they see him as a tackle more. He, he played his best as a guard last year when he was subbing at the end of the season because of yeah. injuries. Um, Isaiah Prince, he's he started the Super Bowl run for the Bengals. Um, also, I think wound up with like a 2.4 PFF grade. <laughs> yeah. that, that was the Super Bowl run. Will you remember right <laughs> after me. everybody saying, how could the Bengals put Joe Burrow behind that offensive line? Yep. He was the left tackle of that offensive line. Nice. Um, so experienced, but not the greatest result. Still fairly young. And then you've got these two. Um, so Prince, I think it's possible to beat him out. I think Deloro, it's possible to beat him out. Yeah. And I think there's a good chance that you keep a fourth tackle with Quinn Bailey, maybe getting that job. Cause he can be tackle or guard that yep. versatility could win out. But I do think that there is a path. If one of these two undrafted free agents can really play well, there's a path for sure. Um, there's a path. I think the path is even more obvious on the interior where a guy like Henry Bird might really have some options here. Yes. And uh, Henry Bird mentioned before Princeton. Um, he was great. He was great at Princeton. Um, Three time all conference. Yeah. Um, Two time first team all conference. Uh, played left tackle, probably a guard. I think they even list him as a guard yeah. with the Broncos. Yeah. Um, Guy who developed his body comes to Princeton at 260 pounds, is 310 pounds by the end of his career. Yep. And, and, Three three hundred ten pounds for a guard isn't massive. No. At Princeton, though, it is massive, <laughs> yeah. and he was yeah. able to just like swallow up anybody who was trying to come at him. Which it's, it'll be a different game. He's the one who's also a tap dancer. Dude, I mean, what better endorsement for? I think pick out any sport in the whole <laughs> entire world, any position in any sport. If there's any position you want mm-hmm. a guy to be a tap dancer, it's literally yeah. your offensive line. Yep. 
And, I mean, Terrell Davis, tap dancer. We love that, too. Yeah, and he's got the smarts from the Ivy League. That's yep. important. Do you think, kind of side question, both Alex Forsythe and Luke Waterberg are on the 53, or is that a decision where one or the other must be omitted from the 53? Because I think, I think both of those guys are true centers. Yep. There's not a ton of guard versatility. Yep. I do. Th I, I think Wattenberg probably has more guard versatility, but it's not a lot of guard versatility. Yeah. And I mean, the couple of snaps we saw him at guard, those are the ones that went horribly. Yeah, and he got like benched shortly thereafter. That's when Quinn Bailey came in and played really well at guard. Um, yeah. So much better guard. I mean, I think there's a 90% chance only one of those guys is on the team, or mm. honestly, neither is on the team. Mm. There's a real chance of that. Um, but that would depend more on Kyle Fuller, who does have guard versatility. Yep. And he's similar to Isaiah Prince in some ways, in that he's he's played before, which gives him a leg up, but hasn't played particularly well. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's not a lock to make the roster. At guard, you know, Powers, Miners, they make the roster. Quinn Bailey, if he's a guard... I think he's probably next up. Kyle Fuller's right there. Will Sherman, our CU guy. Yes. Remember, yes. he what scouting report on him was he just needs time for the body to develop, refine some things, and he's more of a developmental prospect. Yep. Well, he's two years in, and so this is kind of the chance to, as yep. a 23-year-old, say, look, I developed. Um, so he's there, and you also have Henry Bird. So of those four, Fuller, Bailey, Sherman, Bird, one or two probably make the roster, mm -hmm. and I think that's pretty wide open. Yeah. I think I'd give... If you handicap that, what would you put that at? Fuller as a slight favorite over Bailey. Yep. Um, and then Sherman and Bird a step behind him. And if you want to include the centers, um, Wattenberg, honestly, maybe just slightly ahead of Sherman and Bird because he's a draft pick but not maybe not even in front of them. Yeah. Um, and Forsyth probably just a little ahead of Wattenberg. Wattenberg felt so very, like, specifically drafted for that Hackett zone blocking scheme. Yes. I just don't see him fitting in at all here, man. I tend to agree. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's kind of crazy about him, I'm pretty sure... Like, if you just look at all the interior linemen, um, I'm trying to figure out when Lloyd Cushenberry turns 26. So he turns 26 in November. So uh, Wattenberg is older than Ben Powers, or not than Ben Powers. Um, he's older than Cushenberry. He's older than Miners. He isn't older than Fuller, but he's older than Forsyth, potentially older than Quinn Bailey. So he definitely older than Sherman and Bird. So he might be, like, it's not even like he's your young guy in the group. Big yikes. Yeah, so that's that's tough. Yeah. Um, Not great. Before we hit the defense here, uh, Shady Rays. Dude. We love Shady Rays. We were at Zach's wedding. We were. And we were all rocking those Shady Rays at high altitude. The whole crew, you know, significant others, uh, yes. you know, ourselves decked out in suits. We looked suits. good, man. We did look good. We look good. Not as good as Zach. True. Uh, we look good. He did um, look good. He looked outstanding. I mean, just incredible. And thanks to Shady Rays, high altitude in the mountains, you needed them. Yes. And we look stylish, and uh, our eyes were well protected. What oh, my eyes? What did you ask for? I mean, eye protection at a wedding? Nothing. What else would you ask for? Right. 
Right, absolutely. Maybe um, some cups that have pictures of the couple's uh, cats. <laughs> right. We got that. Boom. Yes. Check that box They off. said party animals. Yes. yes. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, Shady Rays was awesome. Very important when you're up there at the high altitude. Oh my and gosh. if you want to check out some Shady Rays sunglasses, you can get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses when you go to ShadyRays.com and use the code DNVR. Um, so do that. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR. Oh, there's also so 50% off two or more pairs. There's yeah. also um, up to 50% off single pairs. Whoa. So that's uh that's new and you might want to take a take a look. There's such a great deal. These Ooh. are like hundred dollar sunglasses. They're already selling to you at half that price. And then you use this code DMVR, you're getting half of that. It's insane. I love Shady Rays so much. Yep, you're not the only one. Five stars by over two hundred and fifty thousand people. Jeez. Probably way, more. Way to not make me feel unique, guys. Thanks a lot. God damn it. Also, Always putting me down. Breckenridge Brewery. We actually we didn't drink Breckenridge beers. I just didn't drink any beers over the weekend. Yeah, I guess me and the fam were drinking Breck beers the night prior. Oh, okay. We got Palisade Peach, I think. Yes, the beer of the month here at the yeah. DMVR bar, the which means it's a it's discounted here. Yep. Um, Six dollars. Six dollars at the DMVR bar. So um get the heck out of here. Go to uh breckbrew.com. You can use their beer locator Boom. and it will tell you exactly where to go to pick up whatever you want to try. Yep. Um whether it's Palisade Peach or the Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale or, or Mountain Beach. Or the Mountain Beach. That's a good summer beer we for were sure. In a mountain Strawberry beach, Sky. Uh frame of mind, you know. We this were weekend. Definitely a little more mountain than beach, but right. we'll call it totally, mountain beach. Totally. Um, so there you go. Beer locator at breckbrew.com. It'll tell you where to go to pick up any of those Breckenridge beers. Okay. You have PJ Mustafer takes? Yeah, I do. What do you think? He's one of the most for real UDFAs in this entire class that we're going to mm -hmm. talk about. Big boy, starter at Penn State. Um. He has no range, fairly <laughs> immobile. Yeah, right. Um, he's not gonna do much for you um, in pursuit. He tries, no. you know. Yeah, but um, he's mostly a some quick hands. So sometimes he'll get mm -hmm. you on a move, and next thing you know, he's in the backfield. A very strong. You do not push him back, and a pretty sound tackler to where he's just gonna be able to hold his O lineman, play that two gap. Once uh, he sees the runner go one side, he's able to close on that, get the tackle. Um, when he takes on double teams, he's not getting moved around. So that's an important quality. He's so anathletic and rangy. It's the double team needs to seek him out. Mm -hmm. He's just not going to be able to really get in the lap of a double team that quickly to actually command a double team. Mm -hmm. But uh, valuable on the goal line with that kind of strength. Um, and, I mean... Week one, you play the Raiders. They're probably going heavy personnel. They yeah. they want to run yep. the ball a lot. Um, and we talked about the importance of nose tackles on last pod. Sure and I mean, Mike Purcell is kind of a smaller nose tackle as Definitely. far as no ta nose tackles go. And he hasn't had any depth. Yep. And also at Penn State, used a little too, like a nose should be right over the face mm -hmm. of the center. Zero technique. Or just shaded one technique yep. at worst. He's off playing the four-eye, man. <laughs> He's off as a five mm -hmm. technique sometimes. 
get him closer to the ball, closer to center, and that's where mm -hmm. we're going to increase his value. He definitely needs to be a priority practice squatter and has an outside shot of making the 53. Definitely. The um, things he does, while not uh, like premium skills that you need to seek out or pay a premium for, still are unique traits that fit an NFL field. You're going that to want. You need. You're, exactly. There are going to be multiple times throughout the season where you just need a, the, the big nose tackle. Yes. Um, I'm going to have a bite of banana. You mentioned Mike Purcell, tradition. who's kind of he's been the nose tackle obviously and he is a nose tackle with range he is somebody who can run downfield make plays that's yes. something he's really yes good at um so that's a difference if they were to keep mustafer over mike purcell it would save them about 2.8 million dollars wow i mentioned that i think that that's going to be something i have to push back on in about a month um big time man but that is just kind of the truth of the situation. You also look around DJ Jones. He can play the nose tackle role. Um, probably not where he's best, but that is something he's done in the past. Um, Part of what factors into this is that five technique rotation. Where huh. after Zach Allen and DJ Jones, mm -hmm. you might be starting, you know, Hennings Uzurike and or Henningson. Jonathan right. Harris. Um, right. So, and could Purcell, could Purcell give you some five technique snaps? Probably. Because could. he is a more mobile guy. Definitely. Um, you so also have Tyler PJ Lancaster. Who's, oh, I mean, what a name. What a name. For starters. Who has some experience, but has kind of bounced around a little bit. Yes. Um, but I do think Mustver is definitely on my short list of guys who could, undrafted free agents who could make the team. And, and he's one of the few that I worry if you try to get him to the practice squad, somebody else might scoop him up. Because it only takes one injury to one nose tackle somewhere for a team to say, hey, here's this rookie who's going to be cheap, and if we need some depth, he'll provide it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and Jose with a good comment here. I mean, I think we've kind of mentioned it in every single one of these breakdowns, right? The O-linemen, they all have some deficiencies. Mm -hmm. uh, the running back is undersized. PJ, as we just broke him down, is fairly limited, you know? Yep. These guys all have obvious reasons why yep. they haven't been drafted. There's also like a path to maybe a more limited niche role, but that developed as a special teamer or back end of the 53, they could find their way on the field. Definitely. Um, we talked a lot about Thomas Incum on Friday. <clears throat> yeah. Um, just quick recap. Huge fan. Bully ball type of rusher. Um, 62262. Yep. Um, edge rusher out of central Michigan. Yep. Very productive. Seventh in the country in tackles for loss. It was a great division two player before he went to Valdosta State, central yep. Michigan. Yeah. 11 and a half sacks last year. Senior bowl <sighs> invite. Um, All American honorable mention. I mean, that's how yep. dominant he was in the Mac. Just pretty raw still, which makes it even more imp impressive right. that he's he was a able 24 to do all that. year old, but he's super yep. raw because he started playing defense full time. When he goes to Division Two Valdosta State, yep, you know, as an eighteen-year-old. So these other guys who've been playing football since the time they were, you know, peewees, he's only played it as an adult, and yep. you already saw like his effort, his ability to play with mm -hmm. natural leverage. He's got some really nice bend. His hands are violent. All that makes him really productive, and he can beat up on lower level. Uh, offensive tackles more refined mm -hmm. offensive tackles like what you see if you put him on against pow power five opponents 
what you see if you put on the senior bowl practice tape is that he doesn't have a counter yet. Mm-hmm. He's still developing that arsenal of pass rushing moves. So I think in the NFL, even when you're in November, December, and, oh, shit, we're playing the Chargers, and they've got their third-string right tackle, mm-hmm. even that guy who might have been a lower-end senior bowl guy might be able to keep him at bay. As he gets coached up and develops those counters, develops that arsenal of moves, sky's the limit. Like, this is a, an almost Shaq Barrett-like profile. To oh, me, like that's, it. he's that type of pass rusher with that type of natural skill. Was, I think it was an upset he went undrafted. Many people uh, yes. thought early to mid day three, he would have been off the board. And he's also <coughs> the highest paid undrafted free agent, which you'd expect. Yep. Bidding yep. war. Yep. Um, worth saying, I think Alex Palshevsky was second. Um, PJ Mustafer got a big deal. And I think Henry Bird also got a big deal. Th- those were the biggest. And Art Green was also Trenches, man. in the conversation. Yeah, let's get to Art Green real quick. But in Coom. Mm. Older prospect who's raw, so that's why you'd go undrafted, right? Yeah. Um, I th- but you know, like I think he can play hand in the ground. I like him against the run. He's strong at the point of attack. Yep. Like, there's not a lot not to like. Again, an upset. He went undrafted, and I think that's just the NFL preferring guys with like higher upside, higher like natural tools and stuff. So. Yep. And you look at the outside linebackers, Randy Gregory, Frank Clark, Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper. That's four roster spots. Nick Benito, that's five roster spots. Um, then you got Aaron Patrick, who made the team out camp last year. Chris Allen, who yeah. was a, another freaky type prospect who could he could be a good player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, in Coombe, and then also Marcus Haynes, um, the Old Dominion Old edge Dominion. rusher. Yes. Undersized, 233 pounds. Um, right. Much more competition for Browning Benito, if you as as far as types go. Definitely, um, I am scared that Inkum is just so raw he cannot be rostered year one. He I agree. needs that year on this practice squad, and I worry, is he going to make it to the practice squad? Right, like There's he's a, almost. That's where he's in that mm-hmm. gray area of like, ah, he's so good. Yep. Do you burn a fifty three? Because you're worried of exposing him to waivers. And in that case, because if you keep him, then you're keeping six outside linebackers or you're trading Jonathan Cooper, trading Nick Benito. Um, And and those are... We don't want that. Those are tough decisions to make right now. But they kept six uh, on the initial roster last year, so that's definitely possible. Yeah. Um, So uh, so inside linebackers, Seth Benson, Iowa... Um, this is actually a fun one for me because I you go back and watch and it's like wow this this is like a good two down linebacker what yeah. you expect from Iowa linebackers sure. um, but then I was like huh I wonder I wonder what it was like when Josie Jewell was there because I hadn't gone back and watched a lot of Josie Jewell yeah um, and this is around the time RK was in love with Jack Campbell so that was another reason I watched Josie Jewell yeah it's like wait Josie is just insane uh-huh. like that's just a different level and when you look at it through that lens of Josie's a Josie's a good two-down linebacker in the NFL, and he gets by on third downs. Like, you don't need to take him off the field on third downs. You look at the difference between him and Benson at Iowa, and you're like, oh, if that's what a good two-down linebacker is, Benson, you won't, maybe maybe he can provide some depth someday, but it, it's just tough to find a spot um, for a guy who is kind of that between the tackles. He's just going to put the guy on the ground. When you already have Josie Jewell, you already have Alex Singleton, um, now Drew Sanders and Drew Sanders. So um, he's this 
this might be the toughest position to make the team um, with overall, his level, especially of Jonas Griffith, especially with that. Yes, <laughs> like if it was uh, some off-ball linebacker who was like a converted safety and yeah. runs a four-four. Exactly. Like, oh wow, this dude's different from the rest of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe you can take Jonas Griffith's spot, right? Or you just keep five. The way I describe him is he's like um, plays like Alex Singleton with kind of the traits that Josie Jewell brings to the table, mm-hmm. only kind of a lesser version of yep. both. Um, he's fun to watch, though, man, and that defense is fun to watch. He's around the ball a lot. Constantly. He's just more of a north-south athlete. Yep. Um, and when, you know, you're not... You're not 6'3", 250, like Mahler. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, six foot 231. It's going to be, you really need to be like an absolute phenom at doing that kind of basic trait. Um, mm-hmm. Not terrible range, right? He nope. moves okay, but they're like keeping him in a pretty and contained like zone there. And that's why I think maybe being a little undersized <coughs> helps him. Mm-hmm. But you'd still prefer that he lost a little bit of that range and was just bigger and more of a thumper between the tackles. Yep, absolutely. Fit his game a little bit better. But, I mean, as a practice squad option, as a guy who you could call up if you needed to to, yep. to fill a role when Josie Jewell misses a game or two and Alex Singleton potentially misses a game or two. Absolutely. That's probably where the fit is. Um, yeah, a guy who's already going to come in, be a pro, and uh, yeah, in case of emergency, you can trust a lot of these other guys, more developmental pieces. He's more of a, yeah, you could plug and play. Um, Art Green. Oh, let's let's do one more before we get to Art Green. Uh, Haggai Chisholm Nadubuisi, first of all, has my name. Whoa. Um, but he is from the NFL's International Pathway Program. So I can't remember where exactly in Africa he's from. I didn't write it in my notes. Um, but the nfl puts on camps out there and basically says like hey are you do you are you interested in football we're trying to develop people from non-football playing areas and giving give them a chance so he stood out because he's a defensive lineman who's six foot seven and 323 pounds just freaky physical specimen um and the way it works is he gets assigned to a team and he doesn't count toward the 90 man limit so that's why broncos now have 91 on the roster because throughout the offseason they can keep him um Thought I'd just say his name, but there's really no reason to think that he will be able to get a spot on the 53-man roster given that I think he was in the Rams camp last year, maybe. No, Cardinals camp last year. So a little Vance Joseph familiarity. Um, But in terms of making the roster, very unlikely. Yeah, for sure. Art Green. Yes. Top likelihood, right? And (sighs) I think we've already got TD... 007 breaking him down with a uh, ran a four three at his pro day. Oh yeah, and his size. Um, yeah, he has got him featured right there on the lower third. Tools, tools for days. I guess flashed at the East West Shrine, which you like. Mm-hmm. Um, may, may I start this off? Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, has the size, has the speed. Kind of described as a natural cover three press man. Yep guy um definitely better suited in a zone yep. i worry about that quickness and quick twitch he the tape i was able to find of him against smu targeted four times on the in the red zone three of those are touchdowns ran his way on another tud um just the processing speed is a bit behind mm-hmm. um that quick twitch 
is just not totally there. So yep. you want him to play more off where the action's in front of him and he can read and react and then use that 4-3 and that size to just jump on a play. Um, I saw him jump a screen where he looked really good. Yep. Um, he's decent recovery speed on like long crossers, you know. To, uh, But yeah, he's just not the most natural like quick twitch mover and adjusting to change of direction. And that's where he's kind of targeted and in like closer areas um mm -hmm. otherwise on more of a long range i think his coverage skills are half decent um but like really struggled in kind of natural man coverage yep. didn't see him enough in like press didn't see him enough in a cover two where he can play that shallow zone and just read and react and jump on stuff those mm -hmm. are areas where i think he could be better uh the tools are there for a drafted player the tape is not exactly um if you watch his highlight reel, you'd be like, oh, my God, how is this guy not? Wait, 4-3, he's that big and he's yeah. doing these things? Yeah. You'd, you'd think that he got drafted early. You'd think top 100 pick. Yes. The problem is the highlight reel is 49 seconds long. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> one of the shorter highlight reels you'll find. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Um, but, like, you see things like an interception against Navy on a drag route yep. where the guy's, like, running across the field. And the quarterback's like, oh, he's got to step on him. Let's just lob this over. And it's like, nope. He just gets in front of him and picks it off. So you see stuff like that where the traits shine through. Yeah. Um, and that's why he was one of the higher paid undrafted free agents. That's why a lot of people thought he would be drafted. Yeah. Um, I think I can't remember. If, I think he was on my board of like guys I liked for the end of the draft for uh -huh. those reasons. Like the tools are just right there. Yeah. Um, probably not helping you out defensively this year. Right. Just because he's so raw. And meanwhile, you have a bunch of guys on the roster. Obviously, Pat Sertan, Demar Mathis, Kwan Williams, um, Riley Moss. So you got those four roster spots basically locked in. Jaquan McMillan, not a lock, but you've got him and Traymond Smith who are up there. Delonte Hood, who's a, a year in the NFL, but very similar to Art Green. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of a, a competition you expect yeah, to mean, see. Even a guy like Fayon Hicks, you exactly. know. Exactly. You got so you have him and Isang Bassey, who will compete for probably that second slot job. Yeah. Fayon Hicks a draft pick last year. Isang Bassey played by far the best football of his career mm -hmm. over the last month or two of last season. Yeah. Um so I'm not sure that this is a group where the Broncos will be taking a, a risk mm -hmm. on a guy who has tools, especially when you already have Damari Mathis and Art Riley Green. Moss and Jaquan McMillan. Yeah. Like exactly. you already have some young guys who will probably be on the roster. It's the in profile of this is a developmental guy. Yep. You hope you can just have in your practice squad for mm -hmm. one to two years. I never saw him tackle either. Huh? Yeah. Like he all, he's like easily blocked out of the play. He's just not, jumping you know he's just not like a bat out of hell running to make that yep. tackle um yeah no i mean there's a there's some tools to like but he's he's a ways away to being able to play like opposite ps2 on an nfl field exactly and that's where even just when you're talking about the speed Damar Mathis has a lot of speed. Riley Moss has a lot of speed indeed Tremont Smith has a lot of speed yep. so it's not like they're desperate for speed either um, you just hope you can get him with the practice squad. And, and again, Delonte Hood, man. another guy who is very similar and might just beat him out for that practice squad mm -hmm. spot. Um, so those are the undrafted free agents. We did it. 
We did it, man. Um, I like what they brought to the trenches. I like some of these special team options. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm hoping Nate Atkins can find a way. I'll be rooting for some of these guys to find their way on the, you know, the practice squad. Definitely. Again, half of these guys will be on the practice squad or on the active roster. I think it was 52% of undrafted free agents in the NFL last year. Yeah. And because of the new rules, you're you're going to see some of these guys on the field next year. It's just going to be interesting to see who. Um, before we leave the undrafted free agent conversation, top three most likely to make the roster. Oh, yes. Uh, in order? Yep. I'm going in Coombe. One. Okay. I'm going um, PJ Musta for two. Okay. And I'm going to go McLaughlin three. I'm going to go McLaughlin one. Yeah. <laughs> Just a numbers game. I think You're it's a, a roll McLaughlin of the dice. Head, I really yeah. like Tyler Beatty too. I do too. He's man. really good. I do too. And honestly, Tony Jones. Pretty, it makes me excited for the preseason. Pretty darn talented. Um, so I'm going to go McLaughlin one. I'm going to go Mustafer two. And then I'm going to go. Give me Paul Shosky three. I, I, he fires me up. He really fires me up. Yeah. Uh, and maybe Incum should have been on there instead. Maybe Art Green should have been on there instead. Um, so there we go. Um, I mean, you're exclude like easy to come up with six to make definitely. the practice squad, right? Definitely. Because then Pachesny, Henry Bird, Art Green. Yeah, you should have had Incum. Like start to talk yourself into these guys pretty quickly. Definitely. I'm so excited for the preseason. Same. How long? I guess we're still probably a month away from the first preseason game. It's getting there. We're getting close. Yeah. Um, before we hit the comment, I think we have one comment today. I want to remind you guys to, first of all, if you're listening, like this podcast. Yeah, come on, guys. Subscribe to the channel. Um, just because I, I know not everybody loves the football talk on this podcast, which is kind of crazy. Um, but even if you want to send a nice. message and want us to um, BS more, still like the podcast. Um, it's great advice. Yep. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe on Apple and Spotify and all that yeah. stuff. Leave us a good review. Ooh, leave a good review. We love good reviews. Yeah. Um, Wherever you listen. And also, make sure you come down to the bar. And if you're a diehard at DNVR, you get 15% off your entire bill. Boom. So that's, a that's a steal. Especially because what? We're doing like the dollar wings this month. Boom. Dollar wings, 15% off. All yeah. of a sudden, it's 85% or 85 cent wings. That's a pretty good a deal. Polo crowd. Did you get your free T-shirt when you signed up or when you renewed? Get on that because yep. if you're a diehard, that's what you get. What you got cooking up on the site? I did. Oh, I just did the trade value rankings last Ooh. night, which was that was actually a real project. Dude, those, all those things you think like, oh, trade value rankings. There's something I can put together in an hour. Yep. Take another hour to write it. It's oh, like, yeah. no, 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 no. That's You're looking through all thing. the contract details. You're like trying to f compare all the others. There's some tough, uh, really straight. tough decisions, like really tough decisions. Um, Pat Sertan was one. Yeah. Uh huh. Who would you go number two? I'm thinking. Man, I mean, it all comes down to youth and contract. And contract. The contract is what throws it off. Because the weird thing about the contract is all these new free agents, 
like uh, you know Ben Powers, he only has a two million dollar salary this year, and so because the Broncos just paid out this whole signing bonus, you're basically nice. if you were to trade him, which they would not, you basically get this twenty percent discount on the contract, which makes him a good value. But how yeah. do you compare that to Quinn Miners, who? Isn't there as a football player yet, but is close and could be soon. Yeah. You give him two years, 2.3 million. With no prep, I'm going to go and say Baron Browning. Oh, that's a good one. Um, He actually just missed my list. Wow. I know, which is kind of crazy. He was on there, but because of the meniscus tear, I bumped him down because we don't know what he's going to. Dang. We're going to see him for the first time halfway through. I would Jerry Judy, too. What Hank's trying to illustrate here is we're not just saying die hard you gotta be a die hard you want to seek out yes. this kind of debate and thought as far as who's the broncos second most valuable in a trade and you gotta seek out like uh rocky's quotes from the gm on their draft oh picks Please recruiting no. trackers for buffs and rams amazing content from summer league it goes the list goes on and on and on our abs coverage this offseason has been amazing trade grades grading free agency signings drafts you name it video breakdowns we're doing it all go to the dmvr.com yep. sign up get all the amazing perks the exclusive merch the merch free shirt every year the free shirt every 20 percent off whenever discounts at the bar discounts at events support henry's writing and amazing yes. journalism do it baby the sign up today boom there we go um you got in store for us some questions yes we have one comment do we have any super chats wow people do not like what about us. questions you would highlight yeah yeah oh wow oh, now he's just flaming the chat the oh my show goodness link so actually oh, i wasn't paying attention these questions you have to come through the website or super chats. There you go. There you go. There we go. You heard Yaya's rules. Like the Jordan rules, you know? There are the Yaya wow, rules. Wow, the Yaya yeah. rules. Yeah. Um, this was from the count. Hank, Here. if you had Our your guy. druthers and could have something unique to your taste happen at your wedding, what would that be? Wow. Oh, yeah. What yeah, would yeah. I have happen at my wedding unique to my taste? So, you know, it could be Throw like... Throw some football uh, play game of 500. Yeah, yeah. Would you do something football-wise? I'd be definitely throwing a football at my wedding. If it's a day where I get to do whatever I want, football will be involved. Could it be like you're throwing the, you're having your bride throw the bouquet? Only if I get to throw it's it. It's like a she, football. She'd probably want to throw it what too, though. Someone... Maybe that could be your tradition. You throw oh. a football to the the boys. Wow, the that's a good one. What if you actually get somebody to throw the football? You glue the wedding the wedding rings to the football or stick them on somehow. Wow. You throw them down the aisle, and that's how you get the wedding rings. Right. That's pretty good. Like, forget a ring. Wow. What do they call it? Ring boys? Forget ring bear, the ring bear boy. And Worst just word. have, like, a badass sling the football at you. you wow. That's pretty good. And you bring it in. So duct tape holding it on yeah, there. Yeah, maybe you're wearing some like Montana gloves, oh. some Grizz gloves, and you just... We do love the Grizzlies. But what if you it, you don't catch it and it goes like straight to the noggin that of, the, of, of the officiator? That yeah. would not be good. If I draw... I would catch it. I've got good hands. Especially that could if be I was another gloves. tradition. You could have it officiated by someone special. Oh. Like a wow. Montana football legend. Oh, that'd Other be a good option. Other people have family. You Get know? Lavander Seegers out there. 
your bride might suggest like, oh, yeah, I was thinking my brother would marry us. And you'd be like, oh, I actually contact reached out to retired Montana football legend. Dan Carpenter. Dan Carpenter. He, <laughs> for $200, he officiates <laughs> weddings out here. <laughs> yeah uh, so there's an option andre also from the count as of today what is your guess as to the defensive backfield starters pat sertan justin simmons kareem or Caden? i think it's still kareem okay week one damari mathis at corner yeah you gotta I do think it's mathis i i think it's too early for riley moss yep and then uh k1 in the slot Yeah. It's probably got to be. That's got to. He was yep. amazing. He was. He, he was, was amazing. Um, um, I, yeah, I think that's who it ends up being. Yeah. And he finishes it off with also Derek Carr sucks. Love the count. Love yep. you, the count. Yeah. That's a new shtick from the count, huh? <laughs> no. he Derek Carr is slander. bad. Yeah. He, we yeah. all love Derek Carr slander. We all love the count, who's a special, special member of this community and included me in the question. That means so much. You are a true legend, like Dan Carpenter, who I just learned of. You know about Dan Carpenter. He's a kicker for the Bills for forever. Um, do you know who Dan Carpenter is? Mark Mariani, Pro Bowl returner from the Titans. Yeah, yeah definitely. we love Mark Mariani. Yeah, let's get him on. Um, okay, that is going to do it for today because we did all the things. Remember, he was a he, he was able to comment because he's a diehard. So be a diehard. Oh, you can comment. Great point. Yep. Um, We'll be back tomorrow. Actually, Dre won't. It'll be me and Arcade tomorrow. Not oh. sure what we're talking about, right. um, but we'll be talking about the Broncos. Probably not as much as we did today, but that's just what happens when Dre leaves the podcast. Sometimes. So shout out to Dre for being on the podcast, and uh, I will see you guys tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Fly.